You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. This episode is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Download the app and join me this week on Saturday at 2 p.m. to get in on the action. I'm your host, per usual, Kuka Hill. You can find me on Twitter at Kuka Hill NBA. You can find me over on YouTube at Coos Ballroom. You can also find me over at Detroit Bad Boys writing articles about the Pistons. And today, man, I know I said something yesterday about how we we're going to have back-to-back middleback podcasts. Well, we're kind of going to do that. Um, we can save the mill back for later on this week. I'll send out a tweet to get all your guys' questions. Um, but I'm going to use today's podcast to talk about two questions I got yesterday that I wanted to extend on throughout an entire segment. So one of them is about three players. The first one we're going to talk about is going to be three players that can learn one skill this summer. Which three players am I choosing and which skills am I picking? That one was from Hal. We're going to spend the first segment talking about that. Then the next segment, we'll talk about a question I actually got today. It was asking, long-term, do the Pistons become a rookie training ground, selling off everyone at the end of their rookie contract? That kind of ties into a, a growing theme that I've been pushing for the last few weeks. We'll kind of tie that all in together. And then lastly, I'm going to talk about some things that get on my nerves, and it's kind of like this confusion and, and uh, what's being fed to the Pistons fan base. It's kind of confusing all of us and why it's quite annoying to deal with. And we'll talk about that at the end of the podcast as well. But first... Which players would I want to add one skill to? I had to pick three players, and I can only pick one skill for each player to improve on this offseason. Which one would I pick? So this is actually a pretty fun question. Thank you, Hal, for asking this. I really like this question. It gives me a whole segment. That's why I like it. Um, But the first person that I'm going with on the Pistons roster as of right now, it has to be Killian Hayes. And before I say what skill it is, let me explain why the first one immediately has to be Killian Hayes. Because Killian is the one with the most potential, you would say, on this team, and I feel like that Killian is the one who would benefit the most from having one skill immediately given to him and help him get on the trajectory to where he could be in this league. So I think Killian obviously has to be the first one you say. And the skill that I'm giving to Killian Hayes is outside shooting. Now, there's a few other ones that I'm sure people are going to say. First off, athleticism doesn't count. If you say athleticism, that's not a skill. That's something you're like, that does not count as a skill. So you can't. I can't say athleticism. Uh, there was two different answers I wanted to go with this. Uh, it was either one outside shooting or two finishing around the rim. Uh, but I feel like finishing around the rim, that entails like multiple skills with it, like being able to get to the rim, uh, finishing through contact, all that kind of stuff. Like There's more things that go into it, so I actually would be asking for more than just one skill, which is why I'm going to go ahead and go with outside shooting. Because I think that also could make things easier for him trying to get to the rim. And I, I feel like this also would free up so many things for him. One, obviously, it'll help him score more points more efficiently as well. That's first. Second, teams won't be able to go underneath screens like that anymore like they were last year. And that opens up more driving lanes. It opens up more passing lanes. It opens up so much more for his offense where teams would have to go over the screen and it gives him a chance to have a step on his defender more often. Like I said, and just get have an easier chance of getting to the rim. And then lastly, also, if... The Pistons, and not if, when the Pistons draft Cade Cunningham, Killian is obviously going to have to play some off-ball, just like Cade will also have to play some off-ball. But if Cade, if Killian, I should say, 
it were to improve his outside shooting to where it was legitimately good, it would be a lethal combination between him and Cade. Teams wouldn't be able to help off of him, and if they did, he could hit outside shots, like I said, and it would obviously help his scoring. But then also, teams wouldn't be able to sag off of him if he proved that he could hit it, and that would open up the floor for Cade Cunningham and everyone else on the floor. So I think outside shooting would be the one you have to get to Killian Hayes. I understand some of you guys might want to go with finishing around the rim, but like I said, I just think more things go into it to where that's not really just one skill you're asking for. So the next player that I would pick around here is Sekou Dumboya. And you guys know the reason why I'm picking this. I'm a big Seku guy. I, I really believe in Seku. So, of course, I was going to pick him in part of this list. I'm sure some of you guys may not have him on here. Actually, I feel like Seku probably would be on a lot of you guys' list. I feel like a lot of the other guys are more well-rounded than him. So, he probably needs it more than just about anyone else. So, I wouldn't be shocked if you guys had him on that list. Actually, let me know on Twitter, at NBA or at LockdownPistons, if you guys would include Seku Jumboya in the three players for this exercise right here. But, with Seku... The skill that I'm giving him is going to be the same skill that I'm giving to Killian Hayes as it's outside shooting. And if you read my article with the Detroit Bad Boys, or if you paid attention to the podcast a few weeks ago that I did when I deep-dived into his season, specifically his close to the season, Sekou really showed improvements finishing around the rim, showed improvements getting to the rim. Everything that involved two-pointers was really good from Sekou for like the past for the last month or so, month and a half of the season. He showed legitimate improvement. He was able to get to the rim. He was able to draw fouls. He was showing that he was learning how to finish strong. He was dunking the ball more, which was a major thing for him. A lot of times it seemed like he went off soft and he would go for laps when he really could just dunk. He started doing that more often. He started trying to finish through guys, over guys. He showed some advanced drives, some advanced footwork. Like everything that involved like within 10 feet of the basket, Seku showed that he made massive improvement. He's probably pretty good from there as long as he can continue what he was doing at the end of last season. If that continues... Then he's he, he'll be okay there. He can get a little bit better. Obviously, it'd be like really like great, but he's he's decent there. He's good there if that continues. What he really needs is his outside shooting. Outside shooting is where he really struggled. It weighed down his percentage from the last month and a half of the season. It really weighed down his percentages throughout the season, and that's the one place he continued to struggle with. And it's kind of shocking. I mean, well, I guess I shouldn't say shocking because we see all kinds of things happen in the G League that don't translate. But in the G League, he shot really good from the three point range. I believe it was at 36, 37 percent down there in the G League. So he was a pretty good shooter down there, and you kind of thought that would translate. And he had that stretch last year, or his rookie season, I should say, where he shot the ball really well from outside. But ever since then, he just hasn't really gained traction. He took a step forward or a step back this season from the outside shooting department. So, yeah, outside shooting, I think, is the one thing that would absolutely unlock Seku. Because like I've mentioned before on the podcast, I love using Seku in like the pick-and-pop scenarios where he can attack closeouts. But eventually, teams are going to stop closing on him at all if he can't hit outside shots. If he was able to develop outside shooting this out uh, this offseason and become a legitimate shooter, he would be able to, one, make teams pay for not closing on him, and two, take even more advantage of when teams do close out on him, and it would, just, it would open up the entire floor for him. Because he's already, like I said, he's already able to get to the rim and finish around there. The next thing he needs is get teams to respect him from outside and make some of these drives easier on himself. But yeah, Seku would be my second player, and then the third player I'd pick... So, I'm actually between two different players here, and I kind of didn't want... Okay, so I'll let you guys in on who they are. So, I was going to pick either Hamadou Diallo or Sadiq Bey, and I kind of don't want to pick Diallo, because if I pick Diallo, it's going to be outside shooting, and it's going to be, like, repetitive with what we've been saying, or I've been saying, like, the past five minutes. But, I mean, if Hami had shooting, I think it would be much more lethal than Sadiq Bey with uh, finishing around the rim, which is what I would give Sadiq. 
but so yeah, I, I'm gonna go with Hami. I know it's repetitive because I, I said outside shooting with each answer, but the Pistons really lack shooting on this roster. And so I mean, give me a break. Almost every player they have here is just really athletic and is able to get to the rim or finish around the rim and just can't shoot. So if you like gave a lot of these players shooting, it would just make them like damn near unstoppable. And I feel like that would be Diallo's case as well. If Diallo could shoot threes and made it to where guys couldn't play like five feet off of him inside the three-point line when he drives, and somehow he still gets to the rim on these when guys are sagging off him that far, if he could make them pay for a second off that far, he would be close to unstoppable, like legit. If Diallo was able to get a three-point jumper, I don't see how you stop him trying to score. Because he, he's he's hard to stop getting to the rim. He's, he's insanely hard to try to stop getting to the rim. So if you add an outside shot to that, whew, good luck stopping him. But yeah, those are the three players. Thank you, Hal, for the question. That question was pretty cool. I like doing that, even though I ended up answering outside shooting for each player. That should let you guys all know what the Pistons' biggest weakness is on this roster right now. That The fact that each one I had to pick outside shooting. But when we come back, we're going to talk about the other question that was posed to me that kind of intertwines with this running theme that I've been throwing out there for the past few weeks on the podcast and tie it all together. Uh, but before we get into any of that, let me tell you about today's sponsor, Spotify Greenroom. Spotify Greenroom is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. This app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. Spotify Greenroom is the best place to engage in conversation and debate about whatever sports subject you're talking about. I tell you guys all the time, I'm always in the room with Duncan Smith on Mondays and Thursdays at 2 p.m., and now on Saturdays, we'd be having the Locked On Pistons room at 2 p.m., Last week, we had a ton of people in there. It was a ton of fun. We had a lot of fun in there. So make sure you guys check us out this week on Saturday at 2 p.m. and have fun with all of us. Go download the free Spotify Greenroom app now, currently available on all iOS devices and also on your Android. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NBA group for the latest league updates. I know you will find a ton of incredible rooms around your favorite teams and leagues. I can't wait to join you all in the app, and I'll be sure to let you know once the Lockdown Pistons room is live. So go download Spotify Greenroom today. Spotify Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. So I'm going to assume that a lot of you guys that listen to this podcast live in Michigan, somewhere in Michigan, maybe not where I live down in Metro Detroit, but somewhere in Michigan, I'm going to assume. If you guys are outside of Michigan and listen to it, you guys are absolutely amazing, diehard Piston fans. The fact that you guys are outside of Michigan and you guys could pick any NBA team and you pick the Detroit Pistons, you made the right decision. You guys are some diehards. I respect you guys. But I'm going to assume that obviously like 90% of you guys probably live in Michigan. And I don't know about you guys, I can't take the weather anymore. I can't do this. Today, I'm working literally for the first hour of the work. It's sunny and clear skies. Then it's thunderstorming for the next three hours. Then it stops thunderstorming for like 30 minutes. And then I literally look on the street over, it's raining. And then on my side, it's literally not raining. It's literally crazy. And now I'm sitting in my room recording this. I'm burning hot. It went from being hot, cold, hot, warm and now it's back to like i can't handle it i can't do it i'm sitting in my room burning up i I can't do this with michigan dude you guys gotta stop michigan you gotta chill out man i need some consistency here i can't do it but anyways this question was given to me by greg dunno i think his name is he says long term do the pistons become a rookie training ground selling off everyone at the end of the rookie contract so this kind of intertwines with what I've been saying for the past few weeks. I've mentioned it a lot when Bryce Motor City Hoops comes on the podcast. But it kind of intertwines with everything I've been saying. Because I've been throwing out the idea that the Pistons or Troy Weaver is just assembling a big treasure chest of assets. And that I don't want... And people call me a contrarian for this or that I'm always Debbie Downer or something. I, I hate it that people want to throw, try to throw this narrative out about me. I hate it when 
James Edwards at the Athletic try saying that about me because that's just not what it is. Uh, I'm trying to be truthful with you guys. I would not. I, I try to tell you guys not to get too attached to these guys emotionally, like the rookies. Obviously, they're the figuratively the new shiny toy. Everyone's going to love them. Obviously, we're all fans of Stu, Killian Hayes, Sadiq Bay, etc. And less like we're going to be all big fans of Cade and whoever else they draft this year or moving forward. Every year, that's how it's going to be. But looking at it right now, you have to be realistic at what like their realistic out, uh, ceilings are. And for me, with the Pistons, especially with the Pistons winning the lottery and getting Kay Cunningham this year, I really see a future where the Pistons kind of like wait this year out or not so much wait, but like play this year out. And then next year or even the year after that, they try to like ship off maybe Sadiq Bay and Isaiah Stewart, or they ship off Isaiah Stewart with some picks, or maybe they ship off Sadiq Bay and Hamadou Diallo and bring in somebody else. Like that's what I believe is probably happening here. Because if I'm going to be realistic about what these guys' ceilings are, once again, let me make sure it's known. I really like Sadiq Bay. I really like Beef Stew. They're both amazing. It was fun watching them this rookie season to have two Pistons on the rookie team. It was amazing. And also Killian Hayes. I'm, I'm a fan of Killian Hayes. But if you want me to be realistic about their ceiling, I'm not sure how high Isaiah Stewart's ceiling is because I'm not sure how much of a believer I am in him legitimately becoming a stretch big. I think he can possibly be a big who can shoot a three, not a big who shoots threes, if you get what I'm saying. And then Sadiq Bey, I don't know if I really trust that he'll ever be able to really finish around the rim like that and really create off the dribble as well. So that kind of caps their ceilings. And with the Pistons getting the guy in this draft and also having Jeremy Grant, who's figures to be like your second or third option, and with the potential of Killian Hayes, who I believe we can all agree has the highest potential of all the rookies they have or all the young guys that we have so far, I could see them possibly like using this to like develop these guys, which is not a dumb thing. I think it's an incredibly smart thing to do, by the way, before I continue on. But you can kind of like draft these guys, get the prospects that you like, the ones that you know you can develop, develop them before the rookie contract ends, and then once they're like fully developed, then you ship them off to another team that that like has a superstar possibly that is unhappy or something, or a superstar that is on the block, or not even a superstar, it's simply a star that's on the block. Maybe like a player the caliber of CJ McCollum. It doesn't have to be CJ McCollum. I'm not saying CJ McCollum. I'm talking about like the caliber of him. He's not a superstar, but he's like an all-star player. And then if you want, like pair those guys up with Cade when he's reaching his peak, Jeremy Grant while he's in his peak, possibly Killian Hayes if he's reaching his potential, if he's developing like you think. If you are at that time and you feel like, okay, this team is, these three guys are showing what we need to show, we could go make a move and bring someone in and legitimately compete. That's what I think is probably going to happen. So do I think that the Pistons are just going to be that long-term uh, rookie training ground and they're just selling off everybody at the end of the rookie contract? I wouldn't say they're for sure going to do that, but I do think it's a possibility that it happens. And I don't think it's necessarily a stupid thing to do. I actually think it's really smart. I would be all for it. And I know as fans we fall in love with these players and we, we kind of get, a, no, I don't want to say fall in love. That's a little dramatic. That's a little too far, but like get connected with these guys, rookies, watch them grow, etc. You got to get an emotional connection with them. So it sucks to see them go. But those are the kind of things that happen when you're in a rebuild. Guys are going to come and go. You're going to like some guys and some guys are going to go. Some guys will stay, but Hey, it's part of the business. But I think Troy Reaver is doing something really smart right now. And you've seen it over the past few years with these superstars who have been asking out, not even just superstars, just simply stars that have been traded. There's a lot of trades that happen in the NBA, and stars constantly are moving teams. And the Pistons simply, while like the Andre Drummond and the Reggie Jackson era and the Blake Griffin era, the Pistons simply didn't have like the assets to be involved or even try to consider being these trades. 
So at the very least, this gives you the option to be in those trades. The Pistons are stacking up on their assets, and if you continue to get rookies that you believe you can develop, and you're not just looking at them as long-term pieces, but more as trade assets, you're now giving yourself the option of being in the in the in the competition for these stars. So I, I feel like this is really smart. I think the Pistons are possibly going to make a trade in two years, involving some of these young guys and getting someone more legit, someone more well-established, someone someone more clearly on an all-star level. That is unless Sadiq Bey and Isaiah Stewart really do take that next step to where they look like they could be an all-star. If they do, then obviously you keep them. But just having a lot of these young assets and a lot of these young players and and picks to be able to move around and have the flexibility cap-wise as well that the Pistons are going to have, I think it's a really smart thing to do. And I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of these rookies at the Pistons end up drafting, not just this year or last year, but even next year and the year after that, they end up getting moved before the end of their rookie contract. Because, look, as much as we sit here and talk about how much we love Detroit and how much we love the Pistons, the realistic thing is that the Pistons probably will never, ever be like a a serious free agent destination. And the way they're going to be able to attract stars and get stars here is in trades. So this is probably probably the best route for them to be able to get those stars is by doing this type of thing with the rookies and, and developing them. So, I mean, yeah, that, that's my thoughts on it. I don't think it's a good, bad thing. I know some of you guys get attached to these guys, and it's going to suck if they do end up going, and that turns out to be, like, what the Pistons, like, what Troy Reaver's whole thing is. He's one of those guys who, like, we're going to draft these rookies, we'll develop them, and then we're going to ship them off to get, like, these, get, like, a really good player and let the other team have them. I know a lot of you guys would probably hate for that to happen because you guys get emotional connection, but I think it's pretty smart to do. I actually would, if I was a GM and I was the Pistons, that probably would be the route I'd take. Unless the rookies are clearly showing to me that I believe they're going to be an all-star. That would probably be the route I'd take. But let me know your guys' thoughts and what you guys feel. If you guys agree or disagree with me over on Twitter at NBA or at LockedOnPistons. Let me know what you guys think about it. But when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the speculation and confusion I believe that's being given to all of us Pistons fans about this whole number one overall pick BS and this whole whether the Pistons are going to draft Cade or what's going on here. Do the Pistons really not like Cade as much as Jalen Green? All this stuff. I'm going to rant about that a little bit because I feel like it's really confusing us and I feel like it's really annoying to a lot of us as well. And I've been avoiding talking about it for some reasons, but I'm going to talk about it now because it's really starting to frustrate me as well. Just like I'm starting to see it's frustrating all of you guys. So we're definitely going to talk about that. But before we get into all that, let me tell you guys about your favorite sponsor, Built Bar. The best tasting protein bar on the planet Earth comes with a variety of flavors, including six new flavors and caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. All flavors are covered in incredible tasting chocolate and are soft and easy on the teeth to chew. These bars are low in calorie and sugar, but high in protein and fiber. A flavor I suggest is the peanut butter flavor. Packed with 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, only 5 grams of sugar, and 5 grams net carbs. So go try a Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. And then let me tell you guys about another one of our sponsors, BetOnline AG. Betting is now legal in Michigan, and if you're anything like me, you want to take advantage of that instantly. However, there was one problem I constantly ran into. There's just so many different apps to bet through. Which betting app is the best to use? Which one is the best for me? That's where I found BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The NFL season might be over, but the NBA and MLB are still in full swing. If you want to take your adventures beyond sports, however, BetOnline even has you covered there too. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, reality TV, things I didn't even know you could bet on. BetOnline has real-time updated odds and props on just about anything you can imagine. BetOnline is the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. 
Head over to BetOnline now to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit and make sure you use promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So this is going to be a shorter podcast because I don't want to rant about this for too long. Um, but I just want to say, I, I feel your guys' frustrations. I've had you guys tweet at me as saying these things. I've seen some of your guys' tweets by yourselves on Twitter. Um, I, and I sense your guys' frustration, and I also have the same frustration. So, obviously, you guys have all heard about the all these rumors and speculation that the Pistons may not actually pick Kay Cunningham. Oh, and then I saw another article from SB Nation over at the Houston Rockets. They said, uh, oh, Rockets fans, don't worry. Kay Cunningham may actually fall to us anyways, even though we didn't get the first overall pick. Because apparently the Pistons really like Jalen Green and may draft him over Cade. So, let me just say this. The confusion is all over. Everyone's confused. Because uh, let me just give a timeline of what happened here. So in the athletic article a few days ago from James Edwards, it had Sam Vicini in it. In that article, they talked about how the Pistons really like Jalen Green, which I don't think anyone's really disputing. Obviously, they really like probably really like Jalen Green because they didn't know they were going to have the first overall pick before the lottery. So they were looking at everywhere they could have possibly landed. So if they were able to get Jalen Green, I'm sure they would have loved it. But now they have the number one overall pick. That's why I don't really care about the speculation, by the way, that, the, oh, the Pistons really like Jalen Green. Well, no, duh. Like, they didn't know they were going to have the first overall pick. They were looking at all the top five prospects. So that's probably where they were going to land. But now that they got the number one overall pick, things change. So I don't read too much in the whole, we, oh, the Pistons love Jalen Green. But anyways, in that article, they mentioned, uh, basically it was talking about, oh, could the Pistons, like, do the Pistons like Jalen Green more than Kay Cunningham or anything? Uh, and Sam Vicini basically, he literally said in the article, we're not reporting this. We're just saying that the Pistons really like Jalen Green. We're not reporting this. He, he, in his words, you guys can go check the article. He says, we are not reporting this in that article. Then a few days later, I believe it was John Hollinger at The Athletic. I don't know which, who it was, but it was also a, another athletic article. And in that one, it says, as reported by our very own, the Pistons may very well like Jalen Green more than Kay Cunningham. So, which one is it? Are you reporting that the Pistons don't are really like Jalen Green and legitimately could like him more than Kate Cunningham? Or are you guys just speculating because before the draft, the Pistons like Jalen Green, or before the lottery, they liked Jalen Green before they knew they got the number one overall pick? Because in the James Edwards article a few days ago, or before the Hollinger one, Sam Vicini said, we're not reporting this. He just said it's speculation and what they've been hearing. They're not reporting that the Pistons actually feel like all these type of ways. He made a point to say that. And then a couple days later... In the same athletic article, they're going to go ahead and say they are reporting it. So that's just a, it gives another reason to be like, what the hell is going on here? It's a bunch of confusion. We can't really be told what's reports, what's speculation. And then even if you follow the tweets of a lot of the guys over at The Athletic and also just a mul- multiple reporters and multiple guys that you would assume have insider uh, access, just haven't really been clear with what they're saying. And this kind of matches up with what I've been saying. And I got all attacked for on Twitter by... I'm not going to name who, but I got attacked for for saying that these guys basically everywhere's going to try to get clicks and they can't like say for sure things because then you wouldn't be able to have anything to talk about for the next month with the number one overall pick and they have to get the clicks as part of their job. I said that and I got attacked for it. But Duncan Smith, me and him were talking about on Twitter and he actually was the one who tweeted this out and everything he said lines up absolutely with what I was saying a few days ago, but he probably said it a little bit better than I am. So I'm going to go ahead and read his tweets. So he put the tweet out right here. Where it says, actually, let me go ahead and read you guys word for word what it said in this article. It said, Detroit was obviously the big winner of Tuesday's draft lottery after landing the top overall pick. The number one player on virtually every public draft board is Oklahoma State wing Kay Cunningham, but it's not a slam dunk that Detroit takes him. This has been reported other places, including our own Sam Vicini, like I told you guys earlier, 
And James Edwards' piece, Sam literally went out of his way to say, we're not reporting this. So now in this right here, they're saying he's reporting it. But anyways, let's continue. He's, I can very much confirm that the Pistons have retrieved by G League Ignite guard Jalen Green and could take him over Cunningham. Regardless, the Pistons will pick somebody. The chances of Detroit trading back seem minimal. So before I even go on with everything else Duncan said that, that, that he went on to say that I agree with, let me just say this. This right here doesn't even make sense because if the Pistons do like Jalen Green, they are not going to take him at number one when everyone else has him. And in this article admits it, everyone has Kate Cunningham as number one overall prospect, number one pick in this draft. So then the Pistons would then take Jalen Green at number one, knowing they could trade back and get assets for it. And if there's nobody that can give them the assets to move up to it, you're telling me they're still going to get Jalen Green and not just take Kay Cunningham and try to get assets for Like, it doesn't even make sense. Why would they get the number two guy on everyone's draft board at one when they could trade back or do something? If you're saying that the, the, the chances of them moving back is minimal, it just, overall, it just doesn't make sense. It just, it, it's too much between speculation, reporting, which one is it, and do we actually know what we're talking about? It's, it's really frustrating to read. So then Duncan also basically says what I said. He said, so Kate is everyone's number one. The Pistons might like Jalen Green more and are unlikely to trade down, even though Cade is everyone's number one. It just doesn't make sense. So then I went on to tell Duncan that I'm also confused because of the reason I pointed out, because of what Sam said in James' article and then what they're saying here. Duncan then goes on to say, which I've spent like two minutes trying to say, he probably said it best in like less than 280 characters. He says, does seem a bit more ambiguous than need be with some inaccuracies between reporting and speculation and no clear idea what the disconnect is. Now, let me just say this. That is 100% spot on. What Duncan just said was, it literally is word for word spot on. And I feel like Pistons fans are being attacked by like beat writers and, and, and guys with inside sources for, you guys don't know anything. You guys are just fans. You don't know anything. Well, you guys aren't doing a really great job of like letting us know what the hell's going on. Like, I'm just keeping it a buck. I, I, I have respect for all of them. I absolutely, I'm not calling out Rod or Amari or, uh, or any of them. I absolutely, I mess with Amari, by the way. You guys know I had him on the podcast. I mess with Amari Heavy. I also mess with Rod Heavy. Rod helped me start it off. I'm not calling them out. I'm not talking about them. I'm just saying all the ones calling the Pistons out and saying, Pistons fans, you, you're acting like this. Pistons fans, you're acting like that. Well, you guys aren't doing a great job of like actually reporting to us what the hell is going on. One day is speculation. The next day, oh, we're confirming report. Next day is, oh, I didn't actually say this. I'm just saying they like him. Oh, next thing, like, there's too many things going on in between everything. And Pistons fans are left in the unknown of, like, what the hell are you trying to do? Why are you yanking our emotions around? Why are you yanking our knowledge around? We don't know what the hell's going on. And it's because we're not being told correctly or accurately what the hell's happening. Duncan then went on to tweet exactly what I said the other day that got me attacked. He literally said exactly what I said. And it's funny how Duncan says it, and not a damn peep that comes out towards him. Not not one person, not one of the people that came at me went at Duncan when he said it, but when I said it, I guess I was just trying to burn the hell, burn the house down and take everybody down with me or something. Like, I don't get it. But anyways, Duncan says, I just reread James' piece, and especially multiple ways of saying they like Jalen Green, but there's no reason to think they won't be Cade. That's exactly why I told you guys the other day, and that's why I got destroyed by it. So it, it just is what it is. I think right now, like everyone's been saying, it's just a bunch of ways to get clicks. It's just a bunch of ways to keep people engaged and to read articles or read this and, and tune in to give them numbers. It's just too much. It's, it's way too much. They're not like giving us accurate information or are really trying. I, actually, I don't think they're actually trying to give us accurate information because I'm assuming accurate information wouldn't be as enticing because I, I don't know. I, I don't know what to say. 
because it, it really is frustrating. It's extremely frustrating to be on this side. And it's probably more frustrating to me because I got attacked for voicing these displeasures a few days ago. And then everyone came a day late saying the same displeasure and no one had a damn word to say to them. So it's probably me getting really frustrated about how I was treated when I brought these, uh, these frustrations out. But I've also seen you guys all tweet at me the same kind of frustrations. I've seen you guys all tweet at Duncan, tweet at everybody else talking about how you guys are frustrated with the way the coverage is being had right now on the Pistons and the number one overall pick. And then in return, the, the the way you guys are being treated for reacting to the failure to actually cover what the hell's going on. So I, I just want to take this last segment and talk about that because, I, I, like I've said before, I'm going to go to bat for you guys. I'm going to represent you guys. And it, it's really dumb. It's, it's, it's annoying. It's frustrating to deal with. And if I were you guys, I would take the same stance that I've been trying to take. Just stop messing with it. Just ignore it. Don't, don't like, give it, give the, the numbers. Don't, just ignore it. Just whatever. If people want to come at Pistons fans and call them, oh, only the Pistons fans could get the number one overall pick and be like this. Well, you know, I guess you don't see, like, why Pistons fans are acting like this. Literally the day after they won the lottery and they were told, and they're all celebrating, oh, we won Cade Cunningham. We're going to get Cade. The, literally the day after we're getting told, oh, well, uh, wait, wait a second. You may not be getting Cade. Like, wh- why do you, what do you think Pistons fans are going to react like? So, it is what it is. I, I I had to go ahead and talk about it because I've been holding it in for the past few days. And you guys keep you guys have, you guys are smart people. I'm gonna say that because you guys have picked on like the little subtle hints I've been leaving in like the last few podcasts about this. And you guys are just like, hey, let it air out, air it all out. So there you go. I did. I think it's frustrating. I think the coverage going on around the piss and up on over our pick is incredibly frustrating. And I think the best word, actually, no, the best word is what Duncan said. It's a bit more ambiguous that needs to be with some inaccuracies, inaccuracies between reporting and speculation with no idea where the disconnect is. That's where I'll leave it at. So thank you guys for listening to today's podcast. Let me know what you guys think about this as well. I already know that you, a lot of you guys are frustrated. You guys have let me know. But just let me know what you guys think about what I said, if you guys agree with me or if you guys think I went a little overboard. If not, just let me know everything at Twitter on Twitter, at NBA or at Lockdown Pistons. Thank you guys for listening today. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. We're going to have Motor City Hoops Bryce on the next podcast. It's going to be a lot of fun. But until then, I'll catch you guys later. Peace out, everybody.